Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Musings of a My United Fan. My name is Paul, I hope you're having a good one and I hope you had a great day. Alright, on today's episode I would like to talk about the European Championship Final that was concluded yesterday between Italy and England. Of, of course, Italy won the game on penalty shootout and what I intend to do today is to review the game analyze the game and share my thoughts on what happened yesterday so without any further ado let's get right into it all right so england lost the european championship final to the italians yesterday and it was dramatic in many ways uh, for the English who started so well, having scored through our own Luke Shaw, our minor left back. And, you know, they were cruising. England were cruising for the first 20 to the five minutes. England were cruising. They scored early, they settled nerves, and they had an opportunity to build on that lead and possibly get a second goal or take control of the game but they allowed the Italians to come into the game or the Italians invariably or inevitably came into the game after the initial show well the Italians were shell shocked no doubt about that they were stunned by the early response by the English and took a while to get going. The English did not consolidate on their lead, did not try to pressurize the Italian to see if they could get a second goal. They, as they often do, allowed the Italians or allowed the opposition to come back into the game. In this case, the Italians, they came back into the game. Verratti, Jorginho, Barella, they started running the midfield and the Italians didn't really create much, a lot of chances in the first half. They had one or two half chances or openings to to make an attempt on goal, but not nothing was really threatening to Jordan Pickford. And of course, when the second half began, the pattern of the last 15 minutes of the first half continued into the second half. England failing to take control of the midfield. Southgate failing to make adjustments to the setup. It was written, it was it was as clear as day. Everyone who was watching the game knew that the Italians at some point were going to score a goal, unless the English were going to score against the run of play. We all knew what was coming. It was just a question of when or if the Italians would take the opportunities or make their possession count and eventually they got their just rewards in the 67th minute Bonucci equalizing for Italy from a corner kick and it was after the equalizer Southgate decided to make a sub we believe it was clear that Southgate needed to do something to arrest the momentum or the momentum the Italians have built up since the first half. 
Okay, that second half, the Italians had control of it. You know, the English only had, let's say, had in, were in charge for that entire 19 minutes, only for the first 20 to 25 minutes, or let's say the 30 minutes in the first half. They lost control of the trajectory, the direction of the game from the 30th minute. The Italians started running things. And even though they didn't create a lot of chance because the English defense is a mean one, England played with a back five. You know, Shaw, Maguire, Stones, Walker, and Trippier. Okay. Who worked very hard, were organized, were compact. Didn't give the Italians a lot of space to, you know, to to score a goal or create opportunities for themselves. So the English were defensively solid, but they had lost control of the midfield. And in this kind of game, the midfield battle is very crucial. It often determines whether you win the game or not. And the English lost the battle of the midfield. Okay. Uh, Southgate could have done something to maybe drop one of the... Maybe gone for a four four two, or removed one of Sterling or Messi out, and brought in somebody to battle in the midfield, Henderson to battle it and Rice, you know, battling out in midfield with Kevin Phillips, moving for that forward to help and support or to bring some creativity. He's the one that looks to have some kind of, you know, can pick a pass. You know, he seems to be the only one who could unlock a defense, you know, in that England first 11 that played yesterday. But they were all deep defending, trying to contain the Italians, hoping that they will be able to hold on and probably get a lucky break to kill the game off. I think that was the strategy Southgate was hoping to adopt until the Italians equalized, then he had to change it and go more attacking by introducing Bukayo Saka. Now, he made his subs, he brought in Jordan Henderson for Declan Rice and all that, and the game went into extra time. In the first of all extra time, um, it was evenly balanced, I think, or the Italians were in control again. Or I think I'm getting this mixed up. At some point, the English were controlling the game in extra time. But at some point, it was like evenly balanced or the Italians were running the show again in extra time. or looking the more dangerous thing. Okay. So, I think in the first of extra time, I think it was the English. I can't remember which. But in any case, I think both teams were made some attempts in extra time. I think the English in the first of extra time were the better side, but the Italians were much the better side in the second half of the extra time. And overall, you would say that the Italians deserved to win the game, irrespective of the result, be it penalty shootout or winning it outrightly. If there was a winner, either in regulation time or in extra time, you would... No one would be offended by the statement that the Italians deserve to win. The Italians clearly deserve to win the game. But in a final like that, the best team doesn't always win.
And that is why it came down to things like log, define margins, okay, actually determined how the results yesterday went, in my opinion. Um, the substitutions by Southgate, I don't think he made the best use of his subs. He was bringing in penalty takers late into the game and they didn't have opportunities to settle and have a feel of the game before being called upon to take the responsibility of taking spot kicks. You know, they were not fully immersed into the game. And so if you're not tuned up, you know, fired up, you probably be a bit sloppy. And that was what we saw with Rashford and Jaden Sancho. Okay, Rashford Rashford takes his penalties the way he normally do he does, you know. There's a does a short run of stutters, waits for the keeper to move and picks his spot. Unfortunately he moved too far towards his left and he hit the post and went out. As for Jordan Sancho, I think his body language made it too obvious where he was going and failed to make Donnarumma work. Okay. And Saka the same thing. He he didn't make Donnarumma he didn't really walk Donnarumma. He didn't make Donnarumma really stretch to make a save. Unlike in the case of Pickford who had to stretch to make two fantastic penalty saves from Bellotti and and Jorginho. So uh, the Italians apparently had had been had been uh, oh well well I said they were wary that the English would have studied how they took their spot kicks against Spain and were expecting Jordan Pickford to go in the direction the the players went in the first game. But Jordan Pickford was going in the opposite direction and managed to save two. So he he kind of I don't know how to say it, but he re- I think he really used his brain. When he was pointing to his brain, I think he really knew what he was referring to when he was making those saves. But sadly, the English lost their nerve. And again, there have been a lot of criticism on social media, especially on Twitter and some of the big broadcasters on Talk Sports, Sky Sports, ESPN, and so on. Analyzing why Bukayo Saka had to take a penalty, a 19-year-old young lad taking a penalty when the more experienced players like John Stones, Ryan Sterling, and so on were on the pitch. Well, if he scores, well, this is my take anyway, my take on the debate about whether Bukayo Saka and the likes of Rashford and Sancho should have taken penalties. Well, the point is, if they scored, we won't be having a debate. We are only having this debate because they missed. Are they good penalty takers? Apparently, they were good penalty takers for them to have been selected by Gary Southgate. Southgate has come out to state that he it was his decision that no player was dodging from the responsibility of being picked for a penalty shootout. But I expect that any team, Southgate would have known his starting eleven before the final, and I and, and I'm sure he would have envisaged that 
the game might go the distance and uh, made sure that all the players had practice for penalties, you know, pick a tactic. The way I see this thing about penalty shooters, yes, it is the lottery and there are no guarantees that you would win it. Well, I feel that if you just train some players, you know, that look, no dilly-dally, no fussing about, no technique, pick your sport, put a lot of power, you know, practice this over and over again, and you are probably going to score even when the pressure is high. Okay, pick your sport, don't change your mind, pick your sport, pull, put your boost through it, and hope it doesn't go way over the bar or go wide, and you'll probably score if it's on target, you know. But players tend to overdo things, change their minds, wait for the keepers to move and all that. And if you're a good penalty taker, that's fine. Jorginho is a good penalty taker, but you cannot see that Pickford refused to move. He had to make a decision and hope that Pickford would go the wrong way or Pickford went the right way and stopped the penalty, you know. So, but the Italians, of course, were clinical, were more clinical. They scored more penalties than the English. It's so, so unfortunate. And mind you, remember, if you listen to my previous episode, I called exactly what happened yesterday. I predicted that the game would be a tight one. It won't be boring, but it won't be. It it would be intriguing, and could be dramatic. It would be tense, KG affair, and put probably any draw and go into extra time and probably end in penalties. And if it did, the Italians, I fancy, would win it. And exactly what I predicted came about. Okay, so I called it earlier in my previous podcast that this was what was going to happen and that was what happened eventually. So, it's unfortunate. Southgate should have tried to win the game in regulation time. He got an early goal. He should have boasted his midfield when he saw that the Italians were running the show in the first, towards the end of the first half and in most of the second half. Before the game go come, he should have done something about it. And that is the problem of having trusted in certain players in the final. Trusting, putting your trust in certain players and refusing to yank them off if they are not producing the goods or if the situation demands and you remain loyal to them. Ryan Sterling had the an indifferent game. Many people said Hurricane had a wonderful game. I don't, apart from his goal involvement, I didn't see anything spectacular that he did. Hurricane wasn't doing anything spectacular. Neither did Raheem Sterling, neither did Messi Mount. So, effectively, the England front three were blunt. And, of course, we know that they were starved off service. Yes, but they didn't do anything. The Italians needed a goal, and Mancini started changing things right from the 53rd minute. He didn't waste time. All his, he, was, he removed all his favorites. He removed his front three. All of them eventually were yanked off. Isinia, Immobile... Chiesa, Chiesa, of course, was running to the ground, so he removed him towards the end of the second half because he was the main attacking threat. He was the main danger man 
So Kezal stayed long, but eventually he was yanked off. He senior the same thing. He chopped and changed, brought in Berardi, brought in, you know, uh, Cristante for Barella. And it changed things. They needed to he needed to change things. Otherwise they would have struggled and England would have won the day. He needed to change things quickly and fast. And they all paid off. And that is the importance of having a strong squad of players and even a strong bench. So that you will not be scared to make substitutions because you know that the right quality or the quality or the standard of play will be maintained. The tempo will be maintained. The quality will be maintained. There won't be a drop-off. There will be just like a fresh idea, a fresh approach. Since the the trusted plan A isn't working, then let, let's see if plan B can work. It couldn't get any worse than what was going to happen. And eventually, it paid off for the Italians. And I, this is hoping that um, Manchester United coach Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will take a lesson. Ole has not learned his lessons from being the manager of this club. In the semi-final of the Europa League two seasons ago, he messed it up. He refused to make subs until it was too late. The same thing happened in the Europa League final this year. He refused to make substitutions at the right time. He was reluctant to make them and made them at the wrong time. At the end... He lost to Villarreal on penalty shootout. So, this is the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Southgate, he has got a lot right in this tournament. Many of his decisions have vindicated him, but he reacted yesterday rather than be proactive, and I believe that ultimately made him lose the game. If he had been more proactive, to try and see if he could wrestle the midfield or at least disrupt the Italian momentum or flow, he probably would have gone home with the title. But it was not meant to be. But England, of course, have made progress through competitions. They've reached the last four. And they have a young squad, a better squad compared to the squad that went to... Russia. So England have a lot to look up to. Right now they are hurting and I'm sure they are starting to recover now from the disappointment. It might take a couple of days before they are over the disappointment. I'm going to prepare for the Premier League season to resume next month. I understand it will resume August 14 and I can't wait to be making podcasts strictly or majorly on Manchester United and how the team performs game in, game out, week in, week out. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. Keep on listening to the show. Listen to other episodes and always try and give me your support. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Have a great day at work. Have a good time for the rest of the week. And whatever you're doing, studies and all that, I wish you all the best. Have a safe one. Bye-bye.